Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i em-power.com you're listening to ngsc sports radio hear us live on ngscsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, spreaker itunes tune in and much more for our latest videos head to ngsc sports youtube channel follow us on twitter at ngsc sports and like us on facebook ngsc sports we never stop. Yeah, I wrote your shit. I get a text, like, right as he's coming up, like, oh, wow. I'm like, oh, pitch. I guess I know what happens here. Wow. And for the, uh, as you said, for the second time in our history of Game 7, you know, it's it's been a pretty interesting Game 7 already. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of twists and turns. Uh, I still think the Cubs are going to find a way to blow this. (laughs) Everything's kind of going their way. But for them, at the end of the day, I think everything should probably come up millhouse. Well, I mean, we we had, I believe, maybe for the first time ever, we had a, a two people score on a passed ball. That was great. Kipnis, that was fantastic. Yeah, you know, in that same inning, just a first Chris Bryant scoring from first, and mm-hmm. then Kipnis. My God, I mean, that was the, both of those were pure base running fundamentals that scored those mm-hmm. runs. Yeah, <sighs> I love fundamentals, Ed. I know you do. That's what they call me, West Fundamental Bradshaw. That's true. Uh, also, it, the, it, was, it was nice of David Ross to pull a straight up Dejan Blavard. Yeah. Concede the goal. Get the goal back. Oh, also, <laughs> this home plate umpire not having a great night. Oh, God, has anyone? <laughs> I mean, and I'm not going to lie. I've not watched. I, I've watched. I'll put it this way. I've watched bits and pieces of every game in this World Series. Mm-hmm. I have Tonight will be the most that I've sat and watched just right. fully. Um, and I've been watching for about three innings now. Um, all I see on Facebook or on social media every day is, oh, my God, look at these missed strikes last night. <laughs> or, or, you know, look at these pitches that were called a strike that were, you know, a foot outside the K zone. And then look at these pitches that were, like, right down the middle that weren't called strikes. <laughs> so yeah, one of my, one of my none favorite. None of these have been great. One of my favorite variations of that is uh, Michael Schur, who goes by Ken Tremendous on Twitter, who created uh, Parks and Rec. I either created or writes for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then created The Good Place. Uh, one of his favorite things to do, and he's done it again this series, is he'll take like the MLB app's uh, pitch graphics, where they have like every – it shows every pitch of an at-bat. And like one time earlier in the series, he was like, uh, here you see Kipnis striking out on an 0-4 slider. <laughs> Uh, it's in the words of Homer Simpson. It's funny because it's true. It's actually very true. I mean, it's, uh, oh. and, and, you know, thing is, 
don't need to sit back and act like umpires have ever been great. That's true. It's just that, you know, in the last decade especially, the technology has gotten so good that everyone at home knows how bad they fuck up. Yeah. But I mean, I know a lot of umpire. I know a lot of guys who umpire, obviously not major league level. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's in their in their defense, it's an extremely inexact science. Yeah. I, I mean, now, as much as I don't want to see it happen, if you ever needed a robot to call something, mm-hmm. baseball would be the sport. Oh yeah. Because you could easily fix a strike zone. I mean, somebody with a computer could go up there. You know, fix the strike zone, and you just go on. Yeah. You know, you can, you can put sensors in the bases. You can do so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want that to happen. Right. But if you really wanted it to be perfect, Major League Baseball can fix it. Absolutely. It wouldn't be too bad. You know, oh. you know who would be a great one in this series? <laughs> Mark Clattenburg. Oh, Clatsy. It would obviously be all that. He would be like the, uh, he'd be like the Eric Gregg. Yes. Just it's not about me. Just not quite as fat. Oh God. Or did. Is any Premier League official as fat as Eric Gregg? Don't really think you could be as fat as Eric Gregg and be a Premier League official because don't forget, as a Premier League official, you run almost as much as the Premier League players. That's true. Sometimes you got to jump out of the way. And that's why neither of us are Premier League officials here on the Foreign Affair podcast. I'm sort of out of shape myself at this point in my career. Welcome, everyone, to the Foreign Affair podcast. I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCollin Crime, Wes Bradshaw, here for episode 131, as David Ross is shown again and circling the bases. And again, if you didn't catch the beginning of the podcast, and I don't know why you wouldn't have if you've started listening to it, now we're like a couple minutes in. that is uh, for our, our people on Twitch who are streaming this live. Um, you'll you know that uh, Game Seven of the World Series between the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians is going on right now as we record this podcast, just as it was a couple years ago when we did the uh, when the Giants and the Royals were playing a Game Seven. So this this one may be a little bigger in the American subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's speed. It's it, this this World Series ratings are beating. Uh, and Sunday night football, which until well, literally well, this sure. year, until this year, that would have been a much bigger accomplishment. Uh, but now, eh, you know, it's doing OK. But we have plenty to talk about on today's pod. Uh, we are going to do a little something different in the prem today um, with uh, as far as our coverage goes. But we will still get to each match. Um, we're going to, of course, review what happened in the Champions League the past couple days. Uh, we'll give a quick glance ahead to USA Mexico, part of that uh dreaded international break coming up for our men next Friday. And then we'll have news and notes, watch for, and so raw. Of course, this podcast presented to you by NGSC sports and We never stop. Also, I'm next USA and I am power with Christy Rojas. All right, Wes, let us head to the football. Let's do it. Green. All right. So what we're going to do today for our Premier League coverage, uh, we're going to very quickly run through each game, just give a quick blurb about everyone, give you the score. And then we are going to hit five in focus questions. Normally we had five games in focus, 
But at this point, we're 10 matches in, and it almost starting to feel like we're talking in circles about some teams. So instead of just talking about the games, we are just going to break down some more big, overarching concepts that have taken place over the almost first little over 25% of the season. So quick recap of what happened this past weekend in the Prem. Uh, it was nervy times for Arsenal as Jermaine Defoe canceled out an early Alexis Sanchez goal until Olivier Giroud put the game out of reach with two goals in five minutes with 20 to play. That one finished Sunderland 1, Arsenal 4. Uh, demolition by City to get out of their funk with braces from Sergio the Kuhn Aguero and Ilke Gundogan against West Brom. As the streak ends, West Brom moves to 5 without a win in the league. As it finishes West Brom nil. Man City 4. Uh, Michael Dawson own goal was the difference late as Watford managed to secure three points against Hull to continue their run up into the top half of the table as it was Hornets 1, Hull Tigers 0. Uh, Vincent Janssen's first goal for Spurs in the league just before the half break was undone on the other side by Ahmed Moussa who was fed in by Jamie Vardy having a party. Tottenham 1, Leicester 1. Apparently Jamie Vardy is now Irish. Uh the cherries, the cherries lose for the first time after a four-match unbeaten run as goals by Gaston Ramirez and Stuart Downing by Middlesbrough earned them the points as that one finished Middlesbrough two. Bournemouth nil. Uh, United enjoyed over 70% of the possession, but uh, as they dared to Zlatan, they couldn't break down rock-solid Burnley as it finished Manchester United nil, Burnley nil, Josie Mourinho negative one. Uh, Selhurst Park got its money's worth with a six-goal affair between Palace and Liverpool. James MacArthur came through with two equalizers in the first half. Joel Matip earned the eventual winner, while Roberto Firmino picked up an insurance goal late as that one finished Crystal Palace 2, Liverpool 4. There was a Ross Barkley sighting at Goodison this weekend as he finished off West Ham with a goal in the 76th, doubling the lead from Dexter Lukaku's 50th goal for his club as it finished Everton 2, West Ham 0. No late dramatics for Chelsea as Eden Hazard scored with seven minutes into the match against the Saints, while Diego Costa put the game away in the 55th off a set-piece corner. That one was Southampton nil, Chelsea 2. And lastly, Monday Night Football saw Wilfred Boney opened the scoring for Stoke against his former club Swansea, but Wayne Routledge answered five minutes later in the eighth. Stoke took the points as Alfie Mawson put one in on his own net before Boney got his brace, and it was Stoke 3, Swansea 1. So that's the run through the league. Uh, Wes, let's hit our five and focus questions now. The first question right off the bat, we talked about, or mentioned Sunderland's 4-1 shellacking at the hands of Arsenal. Um, is Sunderland, who are currently last place, they have two points through 10 matches. Are they worse than Aston Villa was last season? <clears throat> might be keep in mind Aston Villa had a win by yeah, this they, point they, last they, season they won, they won game one last year yes they did I think it all fell apart they won their opening match um hmm. I don't I don't know how to come across that I mean they're they're bad I, I don't know the one thing I'll put about Sunderland and I've seen this people say oh they're the worst Premier League team ever the one thing about Sunderland to me, I mean, when you look at their fixtures, at least they keep it close mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and, I mean, you can look at some of them and see maybe late on they get blown out. 
I, I think that has to I don't I don't think Sunderland have quit. Okay. And I don't think Sunderland's gonna quit anytime soon. I just think they just they just don't have any good players. Mm-hmm. I mean they have Jermaine Defoe. Yeehaw. Yeah. Um I mean that's that's my thing with them. They just don't have anyone. Um you know, no no one they didn't really invest much in the summer. Mm-hmm. They never really do. You know, they always they, they try to make it look like they're investing, but they're never really investing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I I'm 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 not ready to say they're quite as bad as Billy yet. But yeah, like you said, Villa had a win at this time last year. But of course, you know, like we said, Villa won game one and then just just went to hell. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite ready to say that. I, I just I think Sunderland are still. I just think they're still more competitive than Villa was. Okay. Um, I, now they do have some people like Patrick Van Aanholt, uh, as well as of course Manchester United cast off Adnan Yanisov. Um, and then there's Javi Mankiel and Patty McNair, uh, some names you may recognize, but there, yeah, there's just not a lot of depth to the Sunderland side. Um, and, and you have to wonder Wes, you know, with, with all that has happened. And as you said, the one thing is they haven't quit. Uh, mm-hmm. they have gotten blown out late. I mean, obviously, I mean, it was one, one against Arsenal and up until about the 71st minute and then Arsenal just destroyed them the last 20. Um, so they, they have kept some matches close. But as we now know, embattled uh, manager David Moyes is uh, going to get a one-game touchline ban for what we told you about uh, last week when he got uh, he kind of went after Southampton uh, or the uh, one of the officials in the uh, the League Cup when they were playing Southampton. Um, does does this could this be the final nail in Moyes' coffin? If if he doesn't start turning this around, he he's he was at Everton. And then he comes back. He go, he gets the dream job at Man United, and as we've said multiple times, you know you never want to be the guy that replaced Fergie. You want to be the guy that came after Fergie. And even now, that's looking like we may have to wait a few more generations. Um, but then he he goes to Spain, doesn't do very well there. I, I believe Real Sociedad. Um, then comes back to the Premier League, takes over the season at Sunderland, and they haven't won a game in ten matches. Is is this? Is this kind of the last thing for for Moyes if he ever wants to be a, get a, a I guess what you would call maybe a top tier job like maybe he ends up in maybe in Scotland sorry Scotland maybe Scotland maybe even like Portugal somewhere in there but is this is this maybe the last nail in his coffin? I don't think uh, I don't think this job is ever going to determine if Moyes gets a top job again. Um, I think that's just. That's over. That's not happening again. Yeah. He had his shot. Unfortunately for him, it was a shit situation, but he, he had his shot. He's not getting another job up there. Um, and, you know, I always think David Moyes will have a spot in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Maybe not year to year. But, you know, I mean, if guys like, you know, Sam Allardyce, and I'm not making fun of Sam Allardyce, who, by the way, I, I was I heard as a possible replacement for Moyes because of course because of course because he did a really good job not letting Sunderland get relegated the last few years. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I, I think um, I think you're always going to find somebody in that sixteen to twenty range mm-hmm. who's going to look at Moyes as maybe this is a guy who can keep us up. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's kind of been relegated to that type of position. Um, you know, I mean, hey, guys have made a career out of that. You know, like we said, Allardyce has made a career out of that. Um, you know, there there are other guys who have been that manager. Rafa Benitez is maybe becoming sort of that? Um, I, I think Rafa is still seen as more of a higher-end manager. I would say, really, if it was anywhere other than Newcastle, mm-hmm. A, I don't think they would have even gotten Rafa Benitez in that position. I mean, Newcastle, for for, what I, for the giggles we have about Newcastle, um, go look at that list of richest European clubs. Yeah, and that's true. they're in the top 20. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. But yes. Yeah, which is crazy. They've just been horribly mismanaged of late, and I don't think you could really blame Rafa for that down the stretch mm-hmm. last year. Um, and they're, they're having a great season now in the championship, so they, they'll be back up next year. And then I think at that point we'll get to judge Rafa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Moyes is anywhere near the level of Rafa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, when you look at, I mean, whatever you know, wherever Rafa is now, don't forget Rafa has been at Liverpool, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, uh, Napoli, and um, uh, and Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. So you know, Rafa has coached the elite teams. He may not have been the greatest while he was there, but he's coached the elite teams. Moyes has never. Once again, the the whole Moyes to United thing was so weird anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, that one was just destined to not work. Um, but, I mean, you know, Moyes is never getting shots at those kind of clubs ever again. So, okay. oh, pick them off, Andrew Miller. Sorry, Ed. That's uh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, I mean, that's just my thing on Moyes. I think Moyes will always have a spot. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but I, I don't think Moyes is ever going to – he's never going to get back, I don't think, to the Everton level he was. Okay. Uh, so that's that's where that is going. Let's head to our second question now, and we're talking about coaches. Uh, which coach, Wes, are you more concerned for as far as their uh, their job status? Bob Bradley after his uh, one point in three matches with Swansea or – oh. Jose Mourinho at Manchester United. <laughs> um, I think that's somewhat of a loaded question. Right now, I'm not really worried for either of their jobs. <clears throat> um, I think Swansea, with American owners, I think that gives Bradley a nice reprieve. Um, okay. I, I think that I think you can look at Swansea. And yes, you know there was a lot of excitement. Well, on the American end, there was a lot of excitement yeah. about Bradley coming in. Um, unfortunately for Bradley, he's just he has not had the easiest start of matches, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of gotten him. But I, I think Bradley, I think Bradley's definitely going to at least have through the new year. And personally, I think if he can just get a win, that you know they're gonna they're gonna look at him in January and be like, all right, you know, Bob, what do you need to keep us from getting relegated? Who do you want? Mm-hmm. And I think Swansea will go out, and um, I think Swansea will look to improve their team in January. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not I'm not overly concerned with Bob Bradley's status right now. 
Hey, Eddie Vedder's in the ballgame. Hey. John Cusack, Bill Murray, and Bonnie Hunt. The stars. Oh, LeBron's wearing a Cleveland jersey, even though he's an avowed New York Yankee fan. And there is Wild Thing Ricky Vaughn. Yeah, I'm really enjoying Fox showing me the stars right now in this World Series. Well, they don't have a uh, they don't have any college bands to show you, so they gotta they gotta or, just show the stars. Or, or any cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh, best part. Um. Anyway, as far as Mourinho goes. Mm-hmm. I think United are literally going to have to fall off the map and have a mutiny before Mourinho goes anywhere right now. Could they have a mutiny? Um, we do know Mourinho is going to get a, a one, also a one game suspension uh, for his actions over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's and of course, you know, as, as we said uh, in the last match against Burnley, uh, there was maybe a couple penalty claims that they didn't get. So Mourinho sent one of his uh, assistants there to, as the assistant mentioned, to take <laughs> one for the team in, in, in the post game press conference so that Josie wouldn't get another suspension for bad mouthing the officials, which is so classic Josie, which is why I want him to stick around. But I'm I'm starting to get slightly worried uh, about Josie. I wonder if if he has the answers and if Manchester United is going to wait for him to find the answers. Um, I think the one thing at United is that it's it's tough for United to fire this manager. Okay. This isn't Moyes. This isn't even Van Hall. This is Josie Mourinho. This was your match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Josie Mourinho. Um, I believe he still got the support of the locker room at United. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a big part is Zlatan. Mm-hmm. And you may notice that's why Zlatan, even with some of his struggles, I believe you know, Zlatan has no real worries about a spot. Um, Pogba. Well, yeah, Pogba actually played a good game the other day. Uh, he just didn't get any help. Um, <clears throat> but do you think, and just real quick, uh, tangentially on Pogba and Zlatan, Zlatan in one of the worst league forms in his career right now, do you think that those are, are those struggles that are just coming to a new league? Zlatan did get off to a very hot start. Pogba, a very, uh, irony from the internet filled cold start. Um, but now both both have kind of almost come back towards each other as far as how good they've been playing toward. They're both kind of playing a very lukewarm temperature. Um, are those issues Josie can actually correct, or is that just them having to take some time to get adjusted to this league? Um, <clears throat> once again, A, Pogba. Don't forget, I mean, Pogba's a 10-year commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, Pogba... Pogba's come in with a ton of pressure. Yes. A lot of which he's put on himself with some of the shit he's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. Pogba's not this, oh, what have I done? I've just come in and put my nose down and stayed out of the way. No. You know, Pogba came in and he was highly touted as any 89 million pound signing would be. Um, of course. He took it and ran with it because don't forget this. Here's, here's something going on at United as well. United 
are almost now being built <clears throat> like Real Madrid were back in the very early 2000s, the Galacticos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, the thing about the Galacticos, I believe you know, they won a Champions League or two, but that gr- those groups, which were, you know, uh, Figo, Fat Ronaldo, Zidane, uh, David Beckham was a Galactico. You know, all these huge names. Yes, they still do that. But the thing is now, I believe Madrid themselves have now kind of found that happy medium where, you know, yeah, we, you know, we still want to bring in big names, but we also understand, you know, we need guys who, you know, will do the smaller things who are still big-time guys, but maybe not. You know, someone like a Luka Modric, right? who is mm-hmm. fantastic. And if you're a football fan, you understand Luka Modric is world-class elite. That said, Luka Modric outside of Croatia probably isn't selling a ton of shirts. Right. You know, not like uh, not like uh, uh, model Ronaldo uh, and, you know, Gareth Bale and James, those kind of guys, okay? <clears throat> um, United... United are run differently than every other club in England. You know, I mean, I, you know, obviously I take number one Liverpool. We'll put Tottenham in this group. Um, Arsenal. I mean, hell, yeah. Chelsea. I'm leaving Chelsea out just because they don't know what the hell they're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just that that group right there, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal. Uh, you know, the, um, those teams are built – with a purpose to go out and try to win football games. Okay. Um, now you can argue with Arsenal all you want, but, you know, really, I mean, that team is built. You know what? They needed a defensive player. They went and got a defensive player. Yeah. You know what? They didn't need Paul Pogba, so they didn't go out and try to buy Paul Pogba. Right. Um, you know, they didn't take a flyer on the Zlatan Circus because, you know what? That doesn't really fit with what we want to do here. Man United are basically run to to me to satisfy the enormous amount of sponsors. Got to keep just, Chevy happy. Just this past week, Man United are now affiliated with, I believe it's a company called Mealy. Oh, my God. Is they this the pillow have, sponsor? They have an official pillow and mattress of Manchester I, I saw that because Daniel Taylor on Twitter announced. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Monday because uh-huh. it was when City City were having their uh, Champions League press conference uh-huh. at the same time as United was having this yeah. pr- uh, press conference to announce this sponsorship deal. Yeah, you're right. United and give them all the credit in the world. Since the advent of the Premier League, Man United have been the most successful club in the Premier League because United figured out how to monetize everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have become this global giant uh, on par with Real Madrid. I, actually, we say on par. They probably they probably bring in more money. I think they yeah. do bring in more money. I mean, they've got global partnerships with everything, everywhere, from airlines to 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 you know potato chips to obviously mattresses and beds to Chevrolet. You know, everybody. They have all these global partnerships. And the way I see it, and I think the way a lot of people in in England who cover see it, is that, you know, 
well, we've got all these big time sponsors. We need to go get splashy names. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. We love Zlatan. For a guy who plays for Manchester United, for two people who despise Manchester United, I don't think anyone else could love Zlatan more than we do. I mean, we did an actual interview with him once. He's like the unofficial third member of the AFA pod. Yeah. And is, of course, welcome at any time. Um, You know, just call us, Z. Uh, Anytime. You're the only one who we can say, you call us, we won't call you. We're not going to bother you. You call us whenever you're ready. Um, But, you know... For Manchester United, who had who last season were built around, you know, who had their best success with this plethora of young attacking talent and guys who were like, oh my God, you know, just wait till next year. They'll be even better. Mm-hmm. To go and bring in a guy like Zlatan. Yeah. You can say, well, you know, hey, he'll he'll go in and, you know, guys will learn from Zlatan. And that's a great idea. Zlatan is not to me, Zlatan is not the kind who's going to go in and take Marcus Rashford under his wing. Yeah. Zlatan is going in and Zlatan is playing for Zlatan. Of course. Now, yes, Zlatan he wants, is playing for Zlatan and trophies. And now he wants to win because he wants those trophies. And of course, one big reason for wanting the trophies is because that's a trophy for Zlatan that Zlatan can say he won. Um, <laughs> And United went out and bought him and basically have stifled the youngsters in Martial and Rashford mm-hmm. who were looking to take that next step this season. You're right. Cause, uh, and just to stop you real briefly. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I know I'm kind of windy no, on this. <laughs> no, it's fine. But I just I, I've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks is is how almost anonymous Anthony Martial has been this year after after he was kind of, you know, first he, when he came to United last year, we were like, oh, my God, United's paid 30 million for this random French kid. Uh-huh. Um, and then he came out and he didn't have an explosive set the world on fire score 20 goal season. But I believe he scored double digits, uh, was very dynamic for them, was one of their better creators. And especially when he started hooking up with Rashford, um, that was a really good partnership. And Martial hasn't even been starting a lot this year. So I think that's that's kind of to your point. Hasn't even really been playing a lot. And then when he does. Yeah. They're playing them out of position. It's, it's just, uh, it, it's been really weird, and, and you know, and then, and then you bring in Josie, and what well, what is Josie known for? Josie doesn't like to play the kids. Mm-hmm. So once again, you know, your man United, United is trying to toe this this line of being true to themselves, <clears throat> which was. You know, A, Sir Matt Busby, who, you know, brought players through the academy and turned United into one of the first uh, European powerhouses from England. Um, And then, of course, Alex Ferguson, who turned them into, I hate to say it, the greatest show in the world, though. (laughs) And how did he do it? Yeah, you know, he he would go out and buy some players. But the, the heart and soul of United for two decades under Ferguson was the academy it was Giggsy and Scolzy and Ratboy Neville and it was you know David Beckham it was these guys who they brought through 
um, who that, that's really where the thrust of United came from, and that's where the identity came from. You know, guys like Kentana, who is, of course, canonized in United, as he well should be. Um, he was great. You know, Kentana was brought in for a short time, for about maybe three, four, five seasons. But then, you know, Kentana was never the guy you were building the entire squad around. He was just a fantastic guy to have in there. You know, um, uh, 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 Gunnar Ali Solskjaer was one of those guys. You know, he came in. He was a star, but he fit. Um, you know, Rude Van Nistelrooy came in. He fit. These guys fit into place. But United, they've stagnated coming up through the ranks. Um, you know, I mean, a guy like Phil Jones. Phil Jones was supposed to be like this, the next great England whatever. <laughs> And he can't even get a game right now. Um, you know, Chris Smalling is rumored to be on his way out. You know, last year he was supposed to be, you know, this great, the next great England center defender. Mm-hmm. You know, he's rumored now to be on his way out because now, you know, Josie wants to revamp the entire back line. Of course. And, of course, hey, last year that was their best part was their defense. Yeah. So, you know, but I really – I just – the way it seems to me is that United – United have been so hell-bent on, you know, making a big splash with what they're doing that they've forgotten what made them Manchester United. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the big flashy signings. Now, and they've had their share of them. But, you know, those guys were brought in as additions. I mean, you know, they paid a lot of money for Wayne Rooney when he was, God, 19 or 20 years old. But you can see, you know, I, I mean, and for that, I kind of compare Pogba maybe to the Rooney signing a long time ago because that's the thing. You know Pogba's going to be a star. I mean, unless something really goes wrong, he's going to be fine. He's he's a, he's a decade-long player. That's much like Rooney was. But, you know, somebody like Zlatan. Zlatan doesn't really fit with this group. Um, you know, Bayi, they spent a lot of money for Bayi. Now, he came in, he was playing well. It's hurting them that he's out. Um, but, you know, Moyes, God, Moyes really went down a bad way, bringing in, I mean, Fellaini is his big signing, I guess. Uh, he's still getting played. He is? Yeah, and, I mean, that's, I just can't imagine that's going to last too long. Um you know, and I mean, the thing is, they've got some good players. You know, you look at Ander Herrera, who I believe was Herrera a Van Hall signing? And then Van Hall just didn't play him for a while, something like that. Um, well, anyway, I mean, you know, you've got a guy like Ander Herrera. You know, you've got Rashford. You've got Martial. Uh, Hendrik Mkhitaryan still can't get a game. <laughs> Yeah. For whatever reason. Hey, and and, then, and now we're hearing reports that Morgan Schneiderlin is back, is not just practicing, but practicing with the first team. No, no, no. You're thinking Schweinsteiger. I'm sorry. You're right. You're, you're right. thinking Schweinsteiger. Which that's even more crazy. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's even more freaking crazy. Um, but you know, it's 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 very strange what's going on at United. And they have to make a decision, you know, do we want to just appease corporate sponsors? Or do we want to, 
you know, or do we want to try to go out and win the Premier League and get back to the Champions League? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Schweinsteiger was a weird signing. But, you know, you mentioned Morgan Schneiderlin. I mean, that's a guy they brought in who that was supposed to solve problems for him. Uh, he doesn't play. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a glue guy. He was supposed yeah. to be one of those guys who does the the little things. Yeah. And yeah, but no, you know we got to get we got to get Pogba in there. But oh my god, man, it's just it's a it's a really weird situation because they're somewhat in limbo right now over what they well they know what they want to be. Obviously, they want to be the team dominating the Premier League and winning the Champions League. That's what they want to be because, hell, that'll bring them even more money. Oh, yeah. But they they seem to – it seems like every year they're changing their idea about trying to get there. Mm-hmm. And I really think the Mourinho signing, bringing Mourinho on as the manager, that's still a strange one because, I mean – Man United fans would tell you we don't want Mourinho anywhere near our club because, you know, <clears throat> you know, these are United fans who grew up on Alex Ferguson. They grew up on Busby. You know, they want that 20-year manager who's going to, you know, be amazing and turn them into a superpower. That's what they want. And then Moy, they knew right away Moyes wasn't the guy. I think a lot of them were skeptical about Van Hall. But also, I mean, you look at Van Hall, you look at his age, you know, he wasn't a long-term guy. Mm-hmm. I think Van Hall was maybe four or five years at the most if things had worked out. And now you turn around and bring in Mourinho, who is like the ultimate mercenary as a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy who never stays anywhere. Now, Josie said, oh, no, you know, this is the job I want to stay at forever. That's great, Josie. That's because you're not pissed off yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean... It's I just I'm not really understanding the direction of Man United right now, or the uh, or the way they're going about the journey trying to get where they want to go. So the answer is obviously Josie Mourinho to the question that we have long since lost. Uh, uh, Next is uh, going back to our questions now. The third question is, uh, as we look at the table right now in the Premier League, uh, of our three promoted teams this year, Hull currently sit in 18th, uh, Middlesbrough are in 15th, and Burnley are in 14th. Wes, the question is, will all three promoted teams remain in the top flight this year? <sighs> Burnley, Middlesbrough, and say it again. Hull. Hull. I still think Hull's going down. I still think Hull's the one to go down. Um, Burnley's impressed me. Burnley's just freaking steel, man. Yeah, the, it's it's they're like they were two years ago, but better. Yeah, shockingly. And, and I think I think Middlesbrough, who you know, no one talks about Middlesbrough, by the way. Mm-hmm. Us most of all. <laughs> no one talks about Middlesbrough. Um, but I think Middlesbrough is just good enough to stay up. I mean, I think I picked them to stay up anyway this year. But they're just good enough to stay up, and uh, I think they're going to be okay. I think Hull's still team to go down. Okay. Uh, and right now, that would, that would be a change. Both of us did have Hull going down this year. Actually, both of us had Hull finishing last, uh, and we uh, you had Burnley in the in the drop zone. Uh, I had Burnley just outside of it, but my other two picks were Swansea and Sunderland, which isn't looking horrible at the moment. Uh, your your other picks were uh, 
Burnley and West Brom with Swansea staying just outside. Um, so we'll we'll see if either of those come to fruition. But yeah, I think I think Middlesbrough have shown just enough. They they do have goal scoring threats like Alvaro Negredo, so they they do have places goals can come from. And defensively, they're not terrible, and they haven't even played very well at home yet. Uh, they actually have the same road form as they do at home. So I think I think this is a Middlesbrough team that can actually get a little bit better. And they're already right now in 15th pl- place. Excuse me. So I, th- I think they're going to be fine. Uh, and Burnley, too. I, I've been super impressed by Burnley. Um, you know, with, with their with their ability, they're, they're going to have to stay tight in games and they're going to have to always be very good defensively because they don't have that many scoring options. But that defense so far through 10 games has been very, very good. Uh, they've given up 13 goals, uh, which when you look at it, you know, as, as other uh, compared to other teams around them, you know, <laughs> Palace has given up 16, Stokes 17, uh, Leicester has given up 16, Watford and Liverpool, two teams in the top half have also given up 13. So this is a, a, a very good Burnley side um, that again, if they can find goals, cause they've only scored eight this season, uh, which is tied for second fewest in the Premier League. Um, but if they can if they can score some goals, I think they have a very they will very easily stay up this year, actually. Um, uh, number four, and this is this is kind of a confusing question, so I'll try to explain it. It's a two parter. Where is the bar in the table currently set for teams who can a finish top four and b win the league? And right, what I mean by that is where where is it right now? Are we saying the teams currently in the top five can win the league, the top three can win the league, or do we stretch it even as far down as seven, eight, nine? You know, what 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 are we looking at here? Um, and if you want me to just real quick, really quickly give you the table, how it looks right right now as far as the top ten, uh, City, Arsenal, and Liverpool all at 23 points, Chelsea at 22, Tottenham at 20, Everton at 18, Watford and United both at 15, Southampton at 13, and Bournemouth at 12. Um, so where, where do we kind of draw that line as Wes and say, these are our title contenders, anything below this line, you might already be in a bad spot going forward 10 matches in. Um, I think fifth is the cutoff right now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and I, I believe fifth is Tottenham. Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the reason, I'm going to tell you, Tottenham – Tottenham have had a rough go of it lately. Tottenham the only undefeated team, and they keep losing ground. Um, yeah. I, I believe uh, – I, be, I just believe the top five are just better than everybody else. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I've been I've been actually surprised by Chelsea lately, how they're yeah. coming around there. And that's scary for everybody else. Is Conte is kind of starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He went to that back three. Got a feeling that he's going to be looking to improve in January. Mm-hmm. Um, City obviously are going to be up there. Arsenal are you are always in that top four discussion. <clears throat> Liverpool have it on their side that uh, they don't have any European competition to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know so. Um, I mean, for Klopp, you know, usually as as you have been with Tottenham, I'll just get us out of these damn domestic competitions. 
Mm-hmm. Liverpool can even concentrate on the domestic competitions because they don't have any uh, anything else to worry about. They don't have to leave Britain. Right. You know, so they can even do that. So I, that's why I think Liverpool's in a really good spot just because, um, you know, A, they've got options, and B, they, you know, they don't have the outside distractions. <clears throat> and, and Tottenham is still the best defensive team in the league. Um, and I think once they get Harry Kane back, that's going to help them uh, tremendously. Going to help them. Um, so I, I think those are your five who, who have a legitimate title hope right now. I don't think United are good enough. Uh, I don't think Everton are good enough. Um, and I don't think Watford are good enough. <laughs> Where? How far would you set that bar, though, to get our top four teams? Would could United sneak in there? Could even Southampton in ninth place, who are currently uh, let's see nine points out of fourth, um, could could they make a make a run there? Can Watford is Watford good enough? They are seven points back of fourth right now. It, could they jump in there? United, you say United. We we've talked about United at length in this podcast. They are seven points out of fourth. Can they make a run to fourth place? <clears throat> I don't believe they're good enough to. I don't believe anybody outside of that top five is top four worthy right now. Okay. Right. And I mean, we really look at me like, you know, we just gave you the credentials of those top five teams. They're just better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, you look at every one of them and they've all already kind of had their, oh, what the hell's going on here moment? <laughs> you know, right. Arsenal. Arsenal giving up four to Liverpool in week one and getting beat. Liverpool losing that damn Burnley match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, City going through this little uh, run that they've gone through, which they may have finally broken out of this week. <laughs> we'll get to yeah. that a little oh, bit. Uh, as we said, I think, you know, Chelsea, I-, I think a lot of us are absolutely stunned when we look at the sense, oh, God, how is Chelsea in fourth? Because, I mean, I didn't think Chelsea were very good the first month that I had the first six weeks of the mm-hmm. season. But they, as we said, they're figuring out. And Tottenham, I mean, when you don't let other teams score, yeah, you make everything so difficult. And then we look at Tottenham; they've been without their best attacking player for what, about uh, about a month now, mm-hmm. and are due to get him back. So I just, I think on paper United has the firepower to get into the top four. But you know, we we as you said, we just talked at length about that. You know, paper's one thing. Actually, you know, chemistry and doing it on the field's another thing. Um, so I just, I'm not feeling the United train this year. If anyone could do it outside the top five, it would be United. I don't think Southampton are good enough overall. I don't think Wofford. I certainly don't think Everton are good enough to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have a big six this year, and United's just really underperforming to be in that six. All right. Uh, I I would agree with just about all that. I, I think Everton could make a run at a top four spot. I don't think they're going to because uh, I think that everybody above them is just much better than them. I think they're going to they're going to be able to keep pace. They might be kind of like West Ham last year uh-huh. uh, where I think they might <clears throat> excuse me, keep pace for it. Maybe even by the last month, they're only a couple points out of fourth place. Um, but I don't think they have enough to 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 mount an entire charge there. But props to Ronald Koeman for what he's already done there uh, to even have them in that sort of discussion. Oh, and I'll agree with all your and I'll agree with your other points. And I'll, I will simply put that asterisk on Tottenham right now. If 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 
if Harry Kane comes back healthy and also Toby Alderweireld, who probably is not going to be ready for this weekend, but he probably will be ready. I would imagine after the international break, which is coming up here, if, if they get those two guys back and though they both become the contributing members that we know them to be, I think Tottenham becomes again, one of the most deadly teams for the reason you said, Wes, because of that defense, because they can win one nil games going forward with that defense. And if they can just find ways to get Harry Kane back in there and him scoring goals again, I, I think this is a team that can start. You'll start seeing them turn those draws that they've had over the last couple of weekends into wins. And, and that would send them skyrocketing up the leaderboard. Um, but they're going to have to get him back and he's going to have to get back into form quick. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see how that do. So that's my only caveat on Tottenham, but I, I agree with you. The top five are probably your top four. Um, so Wes, we'll finish, finish up our fifth question, man city, Arsenal, Liverpool. They're all at 23 points as things stand right now. Which of these three teams are looking most likely to be hoisting the trophy after match week 38? Oh, Ed, you know who I'm going to say? You're going to say City, aren't you? No, Ed. I'm sticking with my preseason prediction. All right. <laughs> and yes, part of this is me just hoping beyond all hope that, that this is right and it happens. Um, I, I really think Liverpool pose a ton of problems for people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think Liverpool just have so much depth up front. They can score goals. They've got different ways to score goals. Um I think that that back four is going to continue to gel. Okay. And I think they've just got this cult of personality who's running the whole thing. And they're just like, no one wants to let that guy down. Add in what I said earlier, no Europe to worry about. You know, um, whatever happens with the Cups happens with the Cups. But the thing is, the way Liverpool are handling the Cups is that, I mean, you're not getting the first 11 going out there playing. You're getting, you know, um, the squad rotation that Liverpool fans have begged for for a decade now. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, you're seeing maybe three regular starters and then Liverpool are able to de- dip into this kind of next group down that they can play for the Cups. And also I think if they get those key injuries, they've got guys who can step in. You know, they've got versatile guys. If Coutinho goes down, you can just slide Firmino out there on the wing and he can go right to work. You can put Lalana out there. Sturridge can go up front. Uh, or Rigi can go up front. You can do a lot of things. I'm, I'm Real getting, quick on that. I'm sorry. getting a feeling uh, of it being a special year. Go ahead. Real quick on that, we do have news, of course, uh, that Danny Ings, one of those four guys, is going to miss the rest of the season. Unfortunately for him, again, another brutal injury uh, for Danny Ings in, his, in this short career he's had, especially with Liverpool. Um, does that does that affect Liverpool really at all, though, going forward? Uh, you know, a lot of us Liverpool fans have been clamoring for Danny Ings this season. I mean, he's been great in the under-23 appearances. He finally got an appearance the other day, and then God messes his dang on me up in there. Um, if he had been playing more, Ed, I, I would be more worried about this. Okay. But, I mean, you know, Liverpool just went through a season basically without Danny Ings, mm-hmm. and I think they're better equipped across the front this year than they were even last year. 
So as sucky as it is, and as much as I would have loved to have seen him playing, especially in the Cups more, I just don't think at the end of the day it's really the difference in what Liverpool can do. Right. Okay. All right. So that's that's our answers. I I I actually am going to go. I really think City. If they if they can just be consistent, I think they're the best team, and I think I, I think we might actually have to start giving Peps some credit. I think he's starting to sort of figure it out um, because. And let's let's be honest here for one second. We're going to get to the Champions League. I know we've, we've been going really long on here. He, this team, and we you know I have given City. We've both given City, but I especially have given City a ton of shit since we've started this podcast. They they are they just even though I'm not a City fan, they just love to disappoint me for some reason. Whenever I think, oh, City's about to do it, nope, no, they are not. Um, which basically, unless they're playing Tottenham or Liverpool, I kind of like City. I kind of like how they play. I like how how attacking they are. I don't like that they're oil money, but I, I like the actual team. What I don't like is guys like Yaya Torre and others who just seem like they quit. And and that that it's this team quit a lot. And this team just went through a very bad stretch. You know, as we said last week on the show, the worst stretch of Pep Guardiola's coaching career. And now they've made it through and now they they throttle West Brom and they come out and win a big Champions League match. I think this team might actually have the resolve needed to actually win a Premier League title. And that's not something we really could have said the past couple of years. And it's also somewhat surprising that they're doing it without a guy who was their rock in Vassan company. Um, because of that, I think City has now shown, they've shown me something. And, and it's something that I haven't seen in recent years from them. I, I think they're the best team. I think they're the most talented team now. And I think that they are, are the favorites i think you something you do hit on though is is the schedule could get to them if they do make end up making a deeper in the champions league that that could be something that gets them and if liverpool keep it up that could you know pit them and of course arsenal is going to be out the round of 16 so you know <laughs> they, they're not gonna have to worry about it beyond that point um so that's that's i think where city could falter again a little bit but i i, I think city right now are still just a little better than Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's, it's very close. I, I think city's defense is just getting a little better. Although John stones is still a little, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <I'm> I, <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't wait to see these two teams play each other. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I would, if I had to do it over right now, I would probably go something like, uh, if if you're t- if you tell me that Harry Kane and Alderweireld come back healthy, I'd probably go City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Arsenal, but I, that's probably what I would say. Mm-hmm. I actually, held, and I didn't even throw Chelsea in there. Chelsea might be somewhere in there. Um, it's it's gonna be fun though. I I think the I think we are setting up for a an amazing Premier League. Last year was great because of the Leicester run and how bonkers that was, and how bad so many of the, the best teams were. Uh, this year. All the best teams are quote unquote best teams are actually plant their best except for you, United. Um, and, and this this is could be fun up until the very last week of the season. So we will see. Um, 
uh, your fixture list for this weekend, as again, we are headed for an international break, uh, starts this Saturday. Uh, a bunch of matches at 11 a.m., including Bournemouth, Sunderland, Burnley Palace, Man City gets Middlesbrough at home, West Ham, Stoke, and then at 1.30, you have Chelsea playing Everton. And then on Sunday, beware the time change as uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, North London Derby at the Emirates at 7 a.m., followed by Hull and Southampton at 9.15, along with Liverpool and Watford. And then at 10 a.m., Swansea Man City, as Bob Bradley looks for his first win. And then at 11.30, Leicester versus West Brom. And then again, international break it will be. So, I know. Eh, It it is what it is, and also is what it is, is the fact that we need to take a commercial break, so we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. And welcome back to episode 131 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. If you're just joining us and... Blah, 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 blah. I am Edward Green. I know, this I know that's just like natural to say. Yeah. But yeah, that like makes no sense. <laughs> so if you're just joining us, you know, because you just skipped 60 minutes right into the podcast. Why not? Uh, that's Wes Bradshaw on the Foreign Affair podcast here presented by NGSC Sports. I'm Next USA and I am M Power. Uh, we're going to hit the Champions League uh, right now and uh, spots have been locked. Things have been wrapped up, although maybe not everybody is wrapped up like you think they are. Uh, we are going to start in Group A because we love to go uh, alphabetically when we can't go chronologically. Um Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain are both through to the knockout stage of the uh, of the Champions League. Both are at 10 points, so there will be a fight between them to see who goes through as group winner. Right now, Arsenal leads on goal differential. We'll have to see if that keeps up. Arsenal had a come-from-behind-the-win win against our favorite Luden's Cough Drops. Ludogorets Rosgrad got out to a quick 2 0 lead uh, before Arsenal had to storm back and eventually win it with an uh, Mesut Ozil uh, 88th minute winner. Um, elsewhere, uh, PSG also needed a late winner. It was the week of late winners as uh, it was uh, left to Thomas Mjolnir, uh to win it for PSG in the 90th minute over Basel. So both Arsenal and uh, PSG with uh, clutch wins late on the road. Uh, and those two teams will meet on November 23rd at the Emirates to see who wins the group. Wes, real quick, who do you give the advantage to, Arsenal or PSG? I think Arsenal are just playing better right now. Um, That said, um, (laughs) Arsenal, I don't know how much Guns N' Roses... Oh, can you hear me, Ed? Edward? Hello? 
Whoops, I, I accidentally hit the, the speaker button on my mouth. I, it was really weird. I saw your levels going. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking over here, no doubt. Okay, I'm sorry. You just you just keep right on going because we got it recorded. So whatever you say, just keep right on going. Uh, so I said, I believe uh, Arsenal right now are the best. They're the better team, I think, between them and PSG right now. But as the joke I was about to make, and then you mess me up, I'll start again for the folks at home. I don't know how much uh, gun, how much uh, Arsenal listens to Guns N' Roses in their locker room, mm-hmm. but Ed, there's something about November rain that uh, really seems to mess with the heads of the Gunners. Uh, November has been kind of the the month from hell, mm-hmm. or the past, uh, well, the really the the recent past of Arsenal um, they always seem to have this November lull I mean they've literally gone November's where they don't win a match mm-hmm. um, I I kind of have a feeling that that's not going to happen this year of course I think I've probably said that before <laughs> so we'll see what happens but right now Arsenal are the better team between them and PSG they're playing better Oh, very uh, much so. let's see what happens all right, and so that that's how that will be for match week five in that group uh, before PSG ends with Ludogorets and Arsenal travels to Basel. All right, we go to group B, where somehow the only team that has locked up anything is the second-place team. Uh, Benfica is now assured uh, to go through at least two the Europa League uh, knockout round mm-hmm. uh, with a third-place finish. They are then second, though, on goal differential to Napoli. Besiktas, one point back of both of them. And then uh, Dynamo Kiev has just one point. They are all but eliminated from anything. And that is after uh, Benfica beat them 1-0 in Lisbon. Eduardo Salvio with a penalty uh, just before halftime, whereas uh, Napoli had to get a late equalizer from Marek Hamšík uh, to cancel out Ricardo Quaresma's 79th-minute penalty from the Turkish side. Uh, and so that is, that is where uh, we stand in that group. Uh, Wes, Napoli, Benfica, and Besiktas all separated by just one point. Uh, out of those three, who are your two picks to go on knowing? I'll tell you, Benfica has to go to Besiktas. Napoli gets Dynamo Kiev at home in the next match. And then Besiktas goes to uh, Kiev while Benfica gets Napoli at home to end the group stage. Uh, I really, if, I, if you're holding a gun to my head, I'm going to say Napoli and Besiktas. Okay. I think those are the two. Um, I don't really have reasons why. <laughs> sorry. So I'm sorry. But uh, that, that's what I'm going with. Uh, Napoli well, Besiktas. Well, Besiktas did get a 1-1 draw at Benfica to start the group stage. Uh, so, And now Benfica is going to have to go to Istanbul. And so maybe it will be that night in Istanbul for the team actually from Istanbul for once. All right. As we go to Group C, and this is you know where we had maybe – the match of the week, even though it was kind of a blowout, it was still it just for the sheer impressiveness of what happened. Um, Man City three, Barcelona one uh, at the uh, the uh, Etihad. Man City with a gigantic win, maybe the 
one of the biggest wins they've ever had in European competition, if not the biggest. Uh, Ilke Gundogan uh, erased uh, Lionel Messi's opening goal, and then Kevin De Bruyne put them up for good in the 51st minute before Gundogan got his brace about 20 minutes later. City also had some penalty claims that were just not given at all. I mean, this could have been even worse for Barcelona. Just a a, a thrashing that City gave Barcelona. This was not a, you know, they just happened to squeak by them on, on a late misdirect or something. No, City, outside of, you know, a few patches here and there, City really played well in this game and was the more deserving winner, certainly. Elsewhere, Mönchengladbach uh, draws Celtic 1-1. <coughs> so the group stands Barcelona, who have not yet clinched a spot in the knockout stage yet. They're at nine points. City are at seven Mönchengladbach at four, Celtic at two. But Wes, the story now, City, who of course had that 3-3 draw at Celtic just a few, uh, just about you know a month or so ago, now they come back and get this gigantic win. And of course, just a few weeks ago, they were absolutely embarrassed at the Camp Nou. And they come back and get a huge win at home. Well, Ed, I mean, the, the one thing you can't deny City is they've got talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a manager who's been very successful in Europe. <clears throat> um, no one knows the Barcelona setup better than Pep Guardiola. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not foresee them getting embarrassed a second time by Barcelona. I was a little surprised with 3-1, don't get me wrong. But um, I'm I'm not surprised that they came back and were able to figure out Barca and, and get a victory. Uh, I, as much shit as I give Pep, I do think he's a fantastic European manager. And as I said, I mean he's got a ton of weapons at his disposal, um, and De Bruyne drops in just a just a lovely free kick. Mm. Oh my god, the Indians! <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! Did you just see it? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. We're almost caught up. Oh, my God. And I told you. All right, Ed, new side bet. What will be over first, this game or the podcast? Uh, I, I don't even know. Because, Ed, this thing's going 15 tonight. Oh, God. Who who wants to choke harder? Oh, my God. The Cubs have. Wow. They were For five, now. They were For five, now. They were up five to one in this game, though. Wow. Okay. Okay. Back to back to football. All baseball. All baseball. Sometimes you give us such great days, and this is an amazing game seven. Oh. And that was off Chapman, who's throwing like one hundred and three. Okay. All right. Football. Football. Back yeah. to yes. Uh, but talking about city, I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, they've got great players. Gunigan um, seems reinvented, refreshed. Mm-hmm. By Pep, um, you know he was Gunnigan before coming to uh, Dortmund was a number ten who wasn't. I mean he was fine. He wasn't anything special though. Um, he comes to Dortmund and uh, Jurgen Klopp turns him into a world class number eight, mm-hmm. which is playing a little deeper in midfield. And now he's come back. He's come to City. And it's and Pep's pushing him forward again, almost more into a number ten role, mm-hmm. and he's really responding. 
Um, Ilkay Gornigan, that that is the one summer signing that Liverpool weren't able to pull off that I was really hoping that we would. Mm-hmm. That was the one I really wanted was Gornigan. Um, but he's doing a great job. Um, <clears throat> you know, the rest of the city team is coming around. Um, you know, they're still not great at the back. I, I think City I think City are going to be a team that is going to – I think don't be surprised to see them go spend some money in January, especially at the back as well. I know – if you look at if you look at United, Chelsea, and City, mm-hmm. there are going to be three teams in the next two transfer windows that basically want to do an overhaul of their defense. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. three teams with a shit ton of – I mean, they're all, God, top six in the world when it comes to the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now is a great time to be alive and to be a 24-year-old, like, defender. <laughs> who's really highly sought after because you're going to get to go to England and you're going to get paid so much money. And if you go to United or, or if you, I'm sorry, if you go to city or Chelsea, you'll be in a title race. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's going to be great for those guys, but uh, I, I'm still not totally convinced on city. I, I think they just, I think one thing happened uh, that, that free kick happened and then things kind of snowballed on Barcelona. Some, um, I still want to see City build off of that, especially in the Champions League. But uh, but that was kind of a warning shot mm-hmm. from City that, you know, because, I mean, hey, they could have lost this match and they still most likely would have gone through. Mm-hmm. But it would have been, oh, well, you know, it can't be, they can't be the big teams. Well, now they finally have their scalp of a really big team. Mm-hmm. And and it's Barcelona and and it's it's Pep getting that kind of that closure on that as well. So um, I think City could be set up could be set up for a big run here. Group D uh, is is locked and loaded, basically like uh, Group A is. Uh, two teams have uh, qualified to the knockout phase. Two teams are going to be battling for Europa as Eindhoven and Rostov both only have one point. But Atletico Madrid are three points clear of Bayern Munich, and it was helped, of course, by Antoine Griezmann's brace, which he needed to get his brace in the 93rd minute to pull Atletico out of the fire. Uh, meanwhile, Robert Lewandowski uh, won it for Bayern Munich in the 74th to have them keep pace with Atletico. Um, and Wes, you know, it looks like you know they're gonna they're gonna be meeting up the last week of group stage play uh, on December 6th at the Allianz for what will most likely be to see who wins the group because Bayern still are are four better than Atletico when it comes to goal differential. So a win there would most likely win them the group. But as I said, Wes, uh, this is shaping up to be uh, Bayern finished second and uh, they'll draw Arsenal in the uh, the round of 16th. So they're probably still okay. That's crazy, isn't it? That's a that's a that's a fun group at the top. I mean, when you've got two elite teams that are basically doing everything they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then somebody actually wins when they play each other, that's yes. that's turning into a fun one. That's going to be a that's going to be a really cool last game in that group if everything holds, because it, it'll be interesting to see how hard everyone goes for it. Yeah, and uh, with both of them, I think Byron might actually try to really win that game if it comes to that. Oh, wow. Um, 
And, and you know, they're both teams kind of doing it the way they they are doing it, you know, the way they're, they're built. Atletico have given up one goal in the four matches. Bayern have scored 11 in their four matches. So, I mean, this is this is just kind of how these two teams play. Um, as we go to Group E, oh, dejected Cubs fans are the worst. Um, group E, Monaco have clinched at least Europa League group stage. Um Bayer Leverkusen now in second after a big win at uh, Wembley against Tottenham. Uh, they are now six points in the group. Tottenham are at four. And CSKA Moscow, after losing big to Monaco, they are just at two points. But Monaco currently leading the group, West with eight points. And uh, now it was, this was the tightest group in the this was premier league tight this was uh crystal clear pepsi standings tight uh now there there is a little bit of separation um for monaco they are almost through for tottenham horrible loss today at wembley but uh they do know that winning their next two matches will still get them through to the group stage or to the knockout stage excuse me exactly um And, I mean, and that's a big thing. You know, when you've kind of got that in your back pocket, I mean, you're not you're not that so worried anymore. Um, excuse me real quick. Let me, let me pull that group up real quick. Um, for Tottenham, I mean, it was, it was, God, it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss. Maybe, maybe the worst outside of the Newcastle loss last year. Maybe the worst they've ever played under Pochettino. And that's what it sounds like. I, I didn't have the chance to see it today, um, but I mean, it just it sounded. It didn't sound good. It sounded like they came out really, really flat. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. You know, playing at Wembley, and. Yeah. You know, it kind of came back to bite them again today. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, they, they, they've they got work to do and they've got the hope to get a little bit of help now, Ed. Well, and well, technically, they don't even really need help. True, technically, they, they don't. They just need to go out and win. Yeah, just, just win your last two matches and one way or another, uh, no matter how the rest of the chips fall, you will go through to the knockout stage. So, yeah. uh, now the question is... If you are Tottenham, you do have to go to Monaco next. And Monaco has already beaten Tottenham 2-1 to one in uh, in the group stage. If they lose, which would almost assuredly knock them out of, of, trying, of, a, of a chance to finish in the top two, does Tottenham tank the last match week against Moscow and, and try to finish fourth um, in, in hopes of missing Europa? Or do they try to, to, to rebound and stay third and, and go into the Europa knockout stage? Um, <clears throat> I think you do whatever you can to stay in this. I don't think Europa's a good enough. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know. The one thing about Europa, as we saw from Liverpool last year, as we saw from uh, crap, who beat us? Sevilla? Not Sevilla. Was it Sevilla? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they always win the final. So. I, I always, I always get them and about two or three other teams mixed up when I start talking about them. Um, it gives you another avenue into the Champions League, mm-hmm. and with the way that top is this year in the Premier League, mm-hmm. 
Spurs might be thinking this this isn't a bad idea. Okay. That said, if I'm here's the thing, you oh god, it's raining in Cleveland. Of course it is. Please, of course it is. Please rain delay this bitch. That'd be awesome. Um if you get into Europa, you've got to immediately make a decision, do we want to be here or not? Mm-hmm. Don't don't dick around and, you know, go two or three rounds deep. And, uh, we didn't really want to be here. Yeah. Well, just go ahead and get your ass knocked out then. If you can make that decision beforehand, nah, that said, I, I can't see Pochettino being a guy who's intentionally throwing games. Mm-hmm. You know, that just doesn't come across as Pochettino to me. Um, I just, I, I, I think... I think um, whatever they do, they're going to go in and try to do the best they can on it. Okay. So I, I don't see them trying to throw to finish fourth. Well, uh, with uh, with that, we'll head to Group F um, with maybe a little bit of a surprise in the group now. Uh, Dortmund currently lead after they beat Sporting 1-0 this week. But Legia Warsaw have thrown a spanner in the, the works. They have get their first point with a home 3-3 draw against Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid thought they were off to clear sailing after a second goal from Karim Benzema put them up 2-0. But then Alicia Warsaw came storming back, taking a 3-2 lead in the 83rd minute. And if not for Mateo Kovacic uh, getting a winner in the, or sorry, an equalizer in the 85th, Real Madrid actually would have fallen, but instead Leisha pick up a point uh, that does keep their dream alive that they can at least get to Europa. They cannot advance to the knockout stage of the Champions League, though. But what this does, Wes, it does put Dortmund atop and two points clear of Real Madrid. And those two teams will meet at the Bernabeu uh, the final week of group stage play as well. So if Dortmund can handle Leisha Warsaw at, at in Dortmund... That that will set up all to play for, and you know the, these two teams played a classic two-two draw earlier. So another one west with the with these German and Spanish teams again matching up, where where the last week is going to prove to be a, a an incredibly exciting matchup. Uh, and Ed, I, I didn't I didn't hear if you said it or not. I don't believe you did. Uh, but the the fun thing about that uh, Legia Warsaw uh, Real Madrid match today was um, it was seen <laughs> by no one. <laughs> Yeah. Match was played in an empty stadium. That TV necessary. <laughs> yes, TV very necessary for this one. Uh, Legion Warsaw, you know, they have their issues with the uh, with the bad behavior. Yes. So you know, you've got to be really bad to, uh, to have to play in an empty stadium. But um, I mean, the fact that down two nil in an empty stadium against Real Madrid, <laughs> they were able to come back and take a lead. That is extremely impressive. How they were able to keep, you know, their hype up, I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, I thought that I thought that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, Leisure, they're they're looking good. I mean, yeah, I mean, they played well today. You know, like you said, if not for some late heroics, I mean, they would have had the scalp of Real Madrid today. So, uh, you know, Madrid. Madrid have played really well in the league this year. They've had their struggles, though, here in the Champions League. Yeah. 
one team that hasn't struggled that much in the Champions League, although in the, even though they've struggled in the league somewhat, Leicester City, uh, they dropped their first points of the Champions League, but they still get a draw as it finished nil-nil in Copenhagen. Porto beats Club Bruges 1-0 to keep Club Bruges off the board and still at zero points. Uh, but Leicester now just need one point in their, one of their next two matches to guarantee a spot in the round of 16 in the Champions League. Uh, they are guaranteed at least to go to Europa should the bottom just absolutely fall out. Uh, Porto is now the same way. They are currently two points clear of Copenhagen in second, uh, and those two teams will meet next week. Uh, or not next week, but next match week. So tough for Leicester. Uh, Arlo White right now is probably you know having one of the craziest days of his life. Uh, after Leicester won the league, so almost almost got to see his uh, his his, uh, his Leicester City Foxes uh, go on to the Champions League knockout stage, uh, but he'll have to wait at least one more match for that, and uh, is now I'm sure anxiously watching this World Series Game Seven that everybody is oh, watching. He loves American sport. We love you, Arlo. It's, it's very lightning on right now. Oh great! I mean, it's it's, uh, uh, it's like. Three, four in the morning right now. So he doesn't have anywhere to be tomorrow. He he can call in late for meetings. Yeah, it's all, fine. Well, tomorrow being Thursday, hey, you know all he's got to do probably is just work on his cards tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. He can he can sleep in for that. <sighs> we love you, Arlo. Uh, group H, uh, that team Sevilla currently atop the group after they pounded Dynamo Zagreb four nil. Uh, Juventus, though, with a 1-1 draw against Lyon, uh, they are only at eight points. Lyon, just with four. Zagreb also have failed to register a point. So uh, Sevilla and Juventus. Hey, there's another one of those teams, Wes, that can uh, now draw Arsenal potentially in the round of 16. Juventus, there's a, there's another one for you. And uh, Sevilla and Juventus will play uh, in next match week in Sevilla. So the... Uh, the f- Former uh, Europa League champions three times running will take on the champions of Italy there. So we'll see uh, who wins that matchup. And of course, <laughs> Europa League's tomorrow. So enjoy that, United. And your Sufis. Southampton getting a week off from playing Rocky Mountain Academy. <laughs> it's every other week. It's right. Actually, it would actually be every other week. So, yeah. Next week during the international break, Southampton will play a uh, closed door match against Rocky Mountain Academy for the uh, eight man state football championship. Also, I realize you're ahead of me, so this could already prove to be stupid to say. Uh, Jason Hayward with JD Drew potential right now. Just saying. Ugh. Well, I don't that swing. We'll just say. Oh, uh, J- anyway. God. Jason Hayward would be the ultimate JD Drew because he sucks. Yeah, he sucks, and he can win you the World Series. Um, we're gonna really quickly go through news and notes because we've already gone quite long in this pod. Uh, no, no, not a problem. We we love the bants. We love the discussion here on the pod. Um, real quick, uh, West Brom have signed Tony Pulis to a one-year contract extension. So those of you who love your Let's call it defensive football uh, at at the Hawthorns. Congratulations. You got it uh, at least through the summer of 2018 now. So, you're staying up, boys. You're staying up. 
And that's literally all you're doing. Um, our bigger story uh, we'll hit on News and Notes West is uh, it was what is actually becoming now a weekly segment. Um, what the hell's going on at West Ham? Uh, West Ham, they have to ban 200 of their supporters Rick, after this, the. Uh, this whole thing is becoming like the equivalent uh, of uh, this week in the NFL. Uh, yes, I was thinking that. Yes. Uh, reset the clock. We're back to zero days without a weird West Ham story. Um, so they ban, have to ban 200 of their fans after after the uh, the EFL Cup, um, the EFL Cup debacle against Chelsea at, at the London Stadium, which apparently they're playing at now. Um, apparently is like the worst place on earth. Yeah, because uh, we have another story here, uh, this one from the Daily Mail, uh, where the headline is simply, the Olympic Stadium is simply not fit for football, says experts as advisor on its building, says West Ham's new home should be, quote, demolished. Um, The design of the £700 million Olympic Stadium is so flawed for football use that it has created a, quote, battleground for fans, say stadium experts um and then also Wes, we hear that um the naming rights have fallen through for the new west ham stadium so they're gonna have to operate at a loss for potentially like another decade um the the london mayor uh i I forget his name i apologize for that i might actually have it right here if i can quickly go through my phone um am i gonna find it no i am not um the, the, he is basically wanting an investigation to know what's going on there. It's this is this is just craziness going on at West Ham right now. That's that's all we can say. It's just craziness. <laughs> and it all comes down to the stadium, which was of course supposed to be you know the greatest thing that ever happened to him because West Ham were basically being given a stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, not having to build a new stadium, not having to redevelop like Liverpool and, and Chelsea, and you know, not having to build a new one like Arsenal and pay the debt off for ten years, you're literally giving them a new stadium, which was so corrupt because that is such a competitive advantage. Yeah. But luckily for everyone else involved, the competitive advantage that they were given by the stadium was also completely nullified by the actual dimensions of the stadium. Nothing is horrible. <clears throat> the Olympic Stadium was, of course, built with a track, which is like the biggest no-no in world football. No one wants a damn track. No. Uh, because that's just more space in between, you know, the fans and the field. Um, the way the seats are aligned is not proper all over the field for watching football. Um, the way that the the sections are built, uh, there's no way to really segregate the fans. Mm-hmm. You can't really keep them apart. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic, and that's why they're going to war every week. <laughs> I mean, it's so great. So it's like this gift turned out, out to be like the biggest or, I mean, this is a great gift. Turned out to be the world's shittiest gift. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. Couldn't happen to a better group of supporters. Yeah, it couldn't happen to a better group of people who obviously are showing their true colors, but still, you know, not like oh. anyone else has any bad fans. 
Well, Wes, those those two hundred fans will have to be watching uh, all their matches at home for probably the rest of their lives. Uh, what are you Find watching though? Thing. Yeah. What are you watching though in the week that was or the week that will be as we hit watch four? Um, <clears throat> what I watch this week? Uh, well, I mean the the two big ones that are now my weekly weeks to weeks: um, Walking Dead and Horror Story. Horror Story is down to. Hold on, let me check real quick because I believe it's recording for me right now. No, it recorded earlier. Um, this was episode eight. So, I mean, it's supposed to be like this one and like maybe the next two weeks and Horror Story's over for the year. We're careening towards a conclusion. Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's going like a million miles an hour, too, man. It's, it's craziness. Um, and, it, I mean, that's all it is. There's, there's not a lot new to report. I mean, it's just absolute batshit craziness I mean the the best thing I'll say about this one the, the craziest new shock in it is that somebody's actually being eaten now by cannibals who are oh. hillbilly cannibals in the North Carolina woods hey Ed we live here it's probably true It's I wouldn't doubt it there's a darn good chance it's true <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah uh, Walking Dead this week uh, we were introduced to the kingdom which the, the comic book nerds, of which I'm not one, were just losing their shit over this. That was going to be the greatest thing ever. Uh, we were introduced to a new character. The leader of the kingdom is a gentleman who goes by the name of King Ezekiel. Uh, he has a CGI tiger. He does have a CGI tiger, which was kind of cool, but kind of like, oh, it's, a, it's a CGI tiger. Um <laughs> Now, once again, myself not knowing any of the backstory with the comic, for the first 45 minutes of this episode, I think I actually tweeted out, this guy's like a bad WWE gimmick. <laughs> nice. Um, that said, <clears throat> that said, um, he kind of broke down at the end of the episode and was talking to Carol and actually told her why he does that gimmick. So, okay. So, I'm okay with him now because I know it's a gimmick. <laughs> You know what I mean? Hey, if you just come out and tell me this is a gimmick, I'm doing this, you know, this is a rib. This isn't the this isn't the real me. Okay, that's cool. I have no problem with you now because, you know, I understand what it is. Um, you know, once again, if you've read the comic book, you probably have a good idea where everything's going. I haven't. Have no desire to. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still enjoying it. I think it's going to be cool. I'm not one of those who, you know, I just started watching The Walking Dead over the summer and caught up. So I haven't been like six years of being like, oh my God, are you freaking serious? You know, with me binge watching the show, I was able to, you know, oh, that's a stupid ending. Okay, let's start the next one and see where it goes. <laughs> I didn't have a whole week to have to sit there and stew about hating something. So, uh I'm still into it. It was it was kind of a slow episode, but um, I know we've got a lot more coming, so I'm jacked for that. Um, my new show, just to throw it in real quick, <clears throat> you know that I, I love my documentaries. You do. I'm, I'm big on the docu on the documentaries. Um, I've got a uh, American History Channel, which is kind of like the um, the Donald Trump channel. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean... The weird version of American history? Well, no, I mean, it's just very, like, you know... It's it's a very right-wingish channel because, I mean, it's all... It's American history, but it's all, like, military history. 
So it's it's like a very hawkish view on everything. You know what I mean? That's more. All right. Not so much Trump, but it, you know, I, I'm I'm a big military guy. You know, I enjoy the military. Yes. Stuff, so it's great for me. Um, they've been, they're doing a weekly series called um, Armageddon Cold War. Oh. In which, uh, yeah, see, like I said, they love to throw. They love to throw out the word Armageddon. Oh my God, the Cubs! Jesus Christ! Oh God, they just went first to third on a stolen base. Oh my God! Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Jason Hayward won't be the JD Drew. He will be. He'll be Edgar Renteria. Oh Jesus Christ! We know how that ended. Which means no, that- no. I'm sorry. No, he's Craig Council. He's Craig Council. Oh, Council scored. Right. Renteria had the hit. That's no, right. My bad. That's right, absolutely. And that was against the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, of course it was. Um, oh, Jesus, Kittness, you got to do better. Uh, but, you know, they love to use Armageddon, and they're doing a yeah. defensive substitution in the middle of this inning. Did Kittness get hurt? No, I think they're bringing up Coco Crisp. Okay. Uh, I think they're just going what? speed in the outfield. What is going? What is going on? That might be a big arm. I don't know because I don't have it turned up, so I don't know everything. Yeah, neither do I. I... Uh, but anyway, uh, they like to use the Armageddon. Uh, one of my favorite little mini series they did was Armageddon World War One. But basically, what they use they use a ton of historical footage and they basically retell you the entire story of what's going on. So oh, okay. you know, I, I mean, they're so they're basically giving you an entire series about hey, this is how the Cold War started, and these were all the parts in the Cold War. So I've enjoyed that. So that, that's my new show this week for all of you on the watch for. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think of what my uh, – you know what? I, I talked about this. Uh, I've talked about this a few times, I think. Uh, League uh, League of Legends World Championship yeah, Finals. Yeah, you mentioned it before. This Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, was the championship at Staples Center uh, in a packed Staples Center in Los Angeles, actually. Oh, they just tried. Oh. 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 What the? I'm telling you, dude, Joe Madden plays too much for his own damn good. Um, They just tried to squeeze with two strikes. I, I, I know. Wow. I tell you, dude, Joe oh. Madden plays around too much, man. He plays, man. He plays. I. He plays. Uh, okay. Um, very. Anyway, back to back. How many times are we gonna say back to you tonight? Back, back to the exactly. league finals. Uh, great finals. Uh, SKT Telecom. Uh, sorry, SK Telecom T1 uh, beating uh, Samsung Galaxy three games to two. The first Worlds to ever finals to go five games, uh, and it was absolutely fantastic. SKT took the first two matches, and through the second match. Or the third match, just where they were cruising, they had everything good to go, and then Samsung just completely flipped the script midway through that match, and they took that one. They took Game Four, and and it looked like we were we were set for this epic conclusion, and, and the epic conclusion it was. Uh, we had our longest match at Worlds, which went almost eighty minutes, uh, and that was the Game Three that Samsung came back to win. A lot of big moments by big players. A uh, uh, faker. Why? Why you do this to me? Why? Well, internet, why? Oh, it was so almost Renteria. Oh, oh, wow, that was. Oh wait, what? What are you going off about? I, I, oh, I thought. 
I thought based on your noise that they had like taken the lead or something. I thought that was getting through, but that guy ranged massively into center field to get that ball. It was. It was. Oh, that was. Oh, that was spectacular. Wasn't that the defensive substitute? No, no, no. Defensive substitute went to. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. He just massively Um, ranged from short into like short center field to get to that ball. Wow. Anyway, that was my watch for Wes. Let's do so raw. Do I have to? <laughs> no. Do you? Of course I will. Um, At least tell us about Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell. Um, okay, at Hell in a Cell, uh, I don't see much to talk about other than the three big matches of the night, mm. which were, of course, all in the cell. Uh, match one, uh, our, our curtain jerker, as I call it, our first show of the night. Um our first match of the night held a sale Roman Reigns and uh, Rusev, who, if you ask me, were the only ones who actually had their feud at a point where the sale needed to be utilized. Yeah. But anyway, um, it, it was a good, solid match. I just wasn't that into this, mostly because of Reigns. Um, I just wasn't that into it. But as I told you last week, they did beat the shit out of each other. And sometimes those are just those are just good matches, you know, where two guys just go at it. It's brutal. You don't really know up until the end. Even though if you really knew it, then you know that, you know, Reigns was going to go over. He did go over, so he retains the U.S. title. Um, solid match. Solid match. I give it about a 6 out of 10. I give it a 7 out of 10. It was a good solid match. Um, the second one they went on with was the world title match. Um I thought this was a really good match. I thought it was match of the night. The internet disagrees, and of course, it was the women's match. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people who say it's the women just because they want to go along with the narrative of the women. Mm-hmm. It's just me. Not trying to be Trumpy sexist or anything, but you know, it's just kind of how I feel about it. And I thought the women did good. I'll get to it. I heard it was good. It just had a, and, it had a horrendous and, and, opening and a horrendous ending. In the middle was good, but it's hard to get around a crap open and a meh end. That's just hard yeah. to get around. Um, but with the uh, with the world title match, or the, excuse me, the universal title match, not the world title, um, Rollins and Kevin Owens, two of my absolute favorites. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. I thought they told a good story. I thought they're the, I think they're the two best wrestlers in WWE. Well, on Raw brand. Because you know, AJ Styles is still out there. But as for Raw Brand, I think they're the two best wrestlers on that brand. And I think they brought it. They did a great job. Uh, it was a great storytelling. Jericho got himself into the cage. And that's how uh, that's how they ended up uh, with Rollins losing was eventually he was overcome by the two-on-one. Um, and, uh, and Kevin Owens powerbombed him through a pair of chairs. Oh, wow. Which is pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> uh, so Owens retains the universal title. I figured that was going to happen. I thought we were maybe, I thought we might have uh, some Triple H uh, interference in this, um, but it didn't happen. So uh, Owens goes over. I'm fine with that. Um, main event, as I say, you know, main event was uh, Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks. It was a good match. Just say it was good. The only. Well, okay, just to get to the open, they did an open where uh, Charlotte threw Sasha through a table. 
before the match ever started on the outside of the ring. And then they did this whole spot, which took about five minutes, which was about three and a half minutes too long for this spot, where they had EMTs come out, they put her on a stretcher, and they were rolling her away, and you know they had her neck brace and immobilized. Um, and then, you know, Charlotte's in the ring, and she's gloating. She's like, well, if she can't fight, I, I win the title. you got to give me the title. So when the announcer started to talk about it, if uh, if Sasha cannot compete, you know, Charlotte will be uh, awarded the title. Well, suddenly Sasha just like rises from the dead, and oh god, you know, let me rip all this stuff off, and oh, I'm, I'm I've got to fight because I've got to defend my title. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, I mean, I understand, you know, I understood it was a work. At first, I thought it might have been a shoot, but then at this point, you know, it's a straight up work. I mean, it's like she just got up way too fast from. You know, oh, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. No, no, I'm good. I'm good to go. Here we go. Let's fight. Let's fight. And also the thing is, it was it was a nod to the very first, to the second Hell in a Cell match, which is the most famous one where Mick Foley was thrown off the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing was, that turned much more into a work shoot because Foley was being carted out and people... And Foley was, like, legitimately injured and hurt. Foley also had, like, a massive concussion and fought his way off the stretcher and went back in and continued the match. So it was it was kind of a shoot. Um, I mean, it was, it was definitely worked some, but it was like Mick Foley really should not have come back out there for more. And then he ends up climbing on top and getting power and getting, like, chokeslam through the top of the cage onto the mat. It was... It's the most amazingly violent thing ever in wrestling. It's so great. Uh, but it was, you could tell it was a nod to that, and it's like, but it's not nearly as, you know, I mean, here's Foley. Foley's like halfway up the aisle, and next thing you know, they get a camera on. He's like fighting EMTs off of him to go back to the ring. And Sasha did the whole fighting the EMT. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, foul. Oh, goodness, this is feeling um, and I mean, yes, she fought an EMT to get off, but it just it just felt really, really forced. Mm-hmm. It felt forced. I guess if you hadn't seen the whole Foley thing, which I mean, you know, that was King of the Ring ninety seven, no ninety eight, King of the Ring ninety eight, I believe. And I mean, I was full fledged into watching it all back then, and I, I've seen this, you know. Um, they have a good match. The match is, I mean, it's its a very solid match. Um, those two have, I know I've said this before, they have just incredible chemistry. Mm-hmm. The, problem, the problem I see with those two is I think their chemistry is so good that sometimes they try to go above and beyond what they can actually pull off sometimes because it's like each of them trusts the other one to be able to do whatever they need to do. So to me, these matches almost look like really botchy at times. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're bocce, but they're still solidly good. Okay. Well, then, you know, they they had a spot where Charlotte was supposed to put Sasha through a table. And I think that was supposed to be the finish for the match. She was supposed to put her through the table and then pin her. Well, the problem was she couldn't get her through the table. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. You know, now, <clears throat> when, when you've got a table that you're going to break in a match, 
those tables have been gimmicked up. Uh, not that they're like, I mean, not that they're not fine tables. I mean, you know, we can open the table, sit there and eat off the table. It wouldn't be a problem. But it's like they're, they're like n- not reinforced. So when you drop a 250-pound man through that table, the table collapses. You know, it breaks in the middle and goes down, and it's an awesome spot, right? Well, the problem is Sasha Banks weighs about 115 pounds. So these tables are gimmicked up for a 250-pound guy taking a hard hit, and instead you've got like a 115-pound woman taking the bump, and it's like, I mean, they tried three or four times and could not get her through the table. So then I think they had to just call an audible on the fly. Charlotte used um, one of her finishers. She's got about three finishers. She used one of them, got the one, two, three, won the match. But it was a little anticlimactic because I think they were really waiting for that table moment. You know, that was a big spot in the match and they couldn't get it off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people, well, so I think there's just like internet pressure that you have to call the women's match like match of the night. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't think it was match of the night. It was a good match. It was not match of the night. No, that's totally Rollins and Oates. Those guys were just freaking fantastic. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of your uh, that's kind of your review. Um, Raw and SmackDown right now. What we're kind of doing is we're building towards Survivor Series, which is going to be our pay-per-view. first. <laughs> well, that's actually going to be our first mixed pay per view since the draft. Uh, of course, you know, SummerSlam was the, basically the four big ones are uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble. So those four, and we are going to extra units, um, those four are all co-branded pay-per-views, which means, you know, you'll get some mixture. It'll be Raw and SmackDown. So what they're doing for Survivor Series is they're doing some, they're doing some traditional Survivor Series matches, which were always elimination tag matches. Um, they're doing a women's Survivor Series match. Uh, they're doing a tag team Survivor Series match. And then they're doing just a Raw versus SmackDown uh, men's match. Uh, so a lot of this week and last week on Raw, and especially this week now on both of them, has been dedicated toward uh, building towards that. Um, and, and, you know, they're having to, uh, they're having some matches which are like, hey, the winner of this qualifies to be in this match. Uh, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> and it's good. I mean, I'm enjoying the build so far. It looks like um, the big one, the big one we're going to get is, uh, you know, Team Raw is going to actually have um, Owens, Rollins, Reigns, Owens, Rollins, Reigns, uh, and Braun Strowman. And then they're waiting for a fifth guy on that. And they're going to take on a team of um, uh, Ambrose, Styles, Baron Corbin, who's actually the interesting one. Um Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. So oh, wow. you, you get some really interesting mix mix ups and mashups. Cause I mean, Hey, you know, right now the biggest feud on SmackDown is uh, Ambrose versus styles and they're going to be teammates in this match. So, you know, you're going to get to see how are they going to get along with each other because you know, it ain't going to be pretty. So that's always the fun part of survivor series. So I'm looking forward to it. It's actually, it's a fun pay-per-view especially now that they're getting back toward the old-style Survivor Series matches. So uh, that's that's all I'm doing this week. Uh, uh, that, that's that's it for this week's So Raw. Oh, well, that was so rise. Uh, everybody must be feeling now who has to wake up for work early in the morning because uh, we're playing extra baseball, people. 
Let's pl- let's play two. That's what they used to say for the Cubs. Let's play two. Oh my God! Cub and Indian fans right now are literally in hell. Are are they literally the glass case of emotion right now? Yeah, I mean, you think about it, man. You know, we as Red Sox fans. I mean, shit. All we had to do was get there and we swept the Cardinals. It was easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. And then we swept the Rockies. Yeah, then we swept the Rockies. And then the Cardinals, what, made us play six the second time? Yeah. Time. Yeah, whatever. We knew we were but winning. That was but that was because we had to win at home for Exactly. Once. We had to win. Oh, my God. And they're rolling up the tarp. <laughs> Shit. Not only are we going to extra innings, they are rolling out the tarp. And the, we'll see the, you tomorrow. The Indians are coming off the field. And we said, what what can happen? How can this fuck up for the Cubs and the Indians? Here you go. Extra innings, rain delay. This is, no, we haven't. Someone eventually haven't, has to win, but this is the most horrible way of getting there possible. We haven't talked about Bill Simmons in a while, but uh, but he had a very good tweet from earlier tonight when, uh, when it looked like the rain was going to be coming in. He said, well, you knew God was going to get involved somehow. <laughs> Good Catholic boy. <laughs> Good yeah. Catholic boy, Billy. <laughs> oh, this is insane. This is just oh, perfect God. insanity. And, and it's a big freaking front coming behind it. Oh. It's like thunderstorms and shit coming behind it. Oh, God. I think they'll be able to get it in after this line goes through. But if it goes much longer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What do they do here? Ladies and gentlemen, the World Series will proceed tomorrow night. Oh, my God. Oh my God! How many pe- How how big of a rating would that do? Come back, join us at eight o'clock tomorrow night for Game Seven, Part Two. <laughs> Fox made it a two-parter. <laughs> Only Fox will make the World Series Game Seven a two-parter. Just so they damn can- you, Fox. God, can you imagine how much they'd be selling them uh, advertising for? Hey. You know what? You know what? It, 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 let's be real quick here. And I know we're running long on our podcast. And I don't really care. We're talking. It, it, <laughs> you know what? You know what this means? If it does get pushed to tomorrow, Jake Arietta then can come back tomorrow on on multiple days rest like Lester did today. God. Oh, God. <laughs> That's right. That would be a, that would definitely be a bullet in the gun for the Cubs. Oh my God. No, obviously, I, I, I can't see. Well. I'm saying I can't see a scenario in which that would actually happen. But, I mean, if it rains for the next three hours, what the hell are you going to do? Well, and then here's another thing. Chapman has thrown two innings. You figure he might have one more in him. But if this game gets delayed to tomorrow, he probably has another couple in him. Like, And uh, oh, he already pulled Cody Allen. Oh, my God. So the, the Indians have already used their top two relievers because Miller, Miller did not pitch well tonight. No, and he threw in the middle, yeah. Yeah, he threw in the middle, and they've already thrown out Cody Allen, who's their close. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, they're talking to an official right now. We really should watch. I'll watch this after we get done. I'll rewind it back and see what he says. It's fine. We'll uh, we'll just wrap this up now. This has been episode 131 of the Foreign Affair Podcast presented by NGSC Sports. I'm next to you saying <laughs> I am in power. We never stop. Apparently, neither does the World Series anymore. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at, at NGSC Sports. You can find us on Twitter at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. 
I'm at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our sister show, The All New Sports Show. You can email us, allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Mail us letters and parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. And lastly, we want to say big thanks to all our podcast providers, including podbean.com, the iTunes Music Store, Google Play Music, Spreaker, Stitcher, Nacho Buck, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. John Smoltz, when you're not talking about buses on scoreboard, boards you have been a damn revelaton in this world series and i have loved listening to you talk west do you have anything to add before we get the hell out of here smoltz powerballed yes very powerballed i'll leave it at that powerball all right for my calling crime west bradshaw i'm edward green thanks for joining us here on episode 131 of the foreign affair podcast we'll catch you next week we'll talk premier league north london derby and europa league and what's coming forward for the united states and mexico until then stay safe enjoy the football and potentially if you're listening to this on thursday you might also have game seven of the world series still to look forward to if you're hearing this on thursday and it's happened enjoy game seven part two yes and good night Cleveland. Or Chicago, who knows? It's. next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on ngsesports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, 